Well, I want to talk to you today about the greatest comeback of all time, the greatest comeback ever. You know what a comeback is, don't you? It's like when you're down and it looks like you're not going to win and it seems like people are against you. In baseball, it's like in the ninth inning and you don't have enough runs to score. Then all of a sudden, something happens. Something takes charge and all of a sudden you make a comeback. And Jesus made the greatest comeback of all time. Amen. He was preaching with the people. Go ahead. He was teaching with them. They were gathering. They were, it looked like they were going to take over the Romans that were, had occupied their, their, their city. They wanted to be like King David when they had the kingdom uh, reigning. They wanted to be rich again. They wanted to be in power. Then all of a sudden, they grabbed him. Let's see. Let's see the next slide. Is it working? They took him. They beat him. They scourged him. They dragged him through the city. Then they hung him on the cross, and he died. It looked like it was over. It looked like all their dreams had, had vanished. Have you ever had that happen to you? You believe in for something, you're, you're applying you know, your faith to it, you're talking to God about it, and then it just seems like it fails, like it's not working. You know, it's, like a, it's called a death of a ministry, death of a vision. You know, you believe that something's going to happen, and maybe it didn't work out. Now what do you do? Now you've got to believe God to resurrect that. To, to, to give you new hope the way he wants to do it in your life. And you die to yourself because you realize you can't do it in your own strength. You realize all your plans, all the thoughts that you had to, to make this thing work are not good enough because God has another plan that he wants to use in your life so that you can glorify him and say, not by my might or by my power, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. So let's see what happens here. They put the tomb, the, the stone across the tomb, and it, was, it looked like it was over. Peter said, I, I, I'm just going to go fishing because there's nothing else that I can do. Uh, it, it looks like all the thoughts and plans that we had now are, are vanished. And so they were, for three days, despondent. They, they didn't know what to do. So then all of a sudden, on the third day, isn't that a beautiful picture? Yeah. Jesus Christ busted out of that tomb. Right. He said, this tomb, this grave can't hold me. I'm coming out of it. Yeah. That's the way we got to believe. Whatever tomb, whatever grave we're in, we're coming out of it. Amen? We're not going to let circumstances take over and control us. We're going to use the power of God because that same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead is in your mortal bodies to raise you up in every situation that you're facing. Amen? We don't have to lay de dead and die, but we can say, Jesus Christ and his power is going to resurrect me. Amen? So let's see what it looks like now. You know, the... the Jesus is not there anymore. Amen? He's resurrected. And your life can be resurrected as well. Leave those old grave clothes down. Don't hold on to those things that you were holding on to before. It's a new life every day. It's a new life in Him. Amen? So let's see. Uh, there was two guys on the road to Emmaus, two disciples, and, and they couldn't believe that, these, that, that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. And this is what I don't understand. He told, Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to die, and on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And they didn't, they didn't understand it. They didn't believe it. They didn't believe the promise that Jesus spoke to him. Do you believe the promises that Jesus spoke to you? Yeah. Yeah. Even though it looks like they're dead, looks like they're not going to work. But see, they were on the way. They said, uh, they said to Jesus, these, 
The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified. But we were hoping, how many of you are hoping? Hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. I wish there was only three days that we had to wait for things to happen, to turn around. <laughs> you know, people say your blessing is just at the end of the block. Yeah, but that's a long block. I mean, that thing is like, when is, when is it going to turn? Let's look at these three people here, these people in Emmaus. The next slide. There they are walking. And they didn't recognize Jesus. Sometimes we, we don't recognize our blessing when we see him. Did you know that? When we see it. God wants to show himself, manifest himself strong to you. So let's look at this next slide. I'm going I'm to give you four reasons why Jesus came to earth. The first reason is, he came to experience our trials. That means every disappointment, every sorrow, every pain, every hurt that we go through, every suffering, every loss, every, every rejection, denial, disappointment, depression, all the shame, temptations, failures, defeats, loneliness, abandonment, isolation, and weakness he experienced it. He went through it himself. They rejected him. They said he was a man of sorrows and rejected and dejected because the rulers didn't receive him. The, the, uh, the people that he was preaching to didn't believe him. So think about it. We have a Jesus that says, the Bible says, that he is, he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's been there. He's done. You ever been with people and they say, oh, I, I know how you feel. I had the same thing happen to me. Yeah, but it's, it's not you, okay? I have my own personal feelings, my own emotions, my own wire, the way God has wired me. But Jesus said, I know how you feel, and I'm on the inside of you, and I'm going to help you get through it. So we don't have a distant Jesus. Let's see this. Well, that's the scripture. Hebrews 4.15, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You ever have to go to the Lord and ask for help and mercy? You can come boldly and say, Lord, I need your help in this situation. I don't know what to do. Sometimes, you know, we can be so educated and we can be so smart. We can have all this money and all these friends, but still we don't know what to do because only Jesus knows the next step, the next direction. So we don't have a, let's see it, we don't have a distant Jesus. We don't have a detached Jesus. We don't have a removed Jesus from our situations. He's not remote. He's not aloof. He's not far away, but he's right there with us. He can identify with what we're going through, and he can sympathize with us, and he can encourage us and talk to us and show us the way. Isn't that good? That's one reason why Jesus came. Second reason that he came, well, here he is talking to someone on the, on the bench. Well, isn't that a nice picture of Jesus talking? Well, you can just go to a bench anywhere in the park and just sit down and say, okay, Jesus, let's talk about this situation. And sometimes it takes time to unravel what you're going through. You can't just like say, okay, what do I do here? No, he wants to hear a conversation. He wants to unravel all the things because it's not sometimes just an easy answer. 
Sometimes you go talk to this person and that person will tell you to go to that person. And, and so there's a, a deciphering or unveiling of the plan that God has for you. So take some time. Go to a park bench and just sit down and, and let Jesus talk to you. Amen? The second reason that he came was to release us from bondages. <laughs> well, what kind of bondages are you talking about, Pastor Chuck? Well, do I need to name them? <laughs> I got a list here. So, no, don't list them. I'll keep it general, okay? All right. That's anything that keeps us captive, imprisons us, dominates us, keeps us from serving the Lord. I'm talking about addictions, oppressions, vices, habits, materialism, drugs, anger, hatred, unforgiveness. Judge, am I, did I hit anybody yet? Judgmentalism, bad attitudes, jealousy, rebellious lifestyle. Don't look at your neighbor now. Just, it's, this is all for you. <laughs> and if I haven't mentioned any of them, just put it, just add them in there. Because we can't get stuck in that lifestyle. The Bible says that we've been freed, we've been delivered from the power of darkness. So Jesus came because we can't say, I can't change, I can't be different, I don't have a choice, I have to act this way, I have to talk this way, I have to live this way, I need this to cope, I need this to survive. No, Jesus came to give us a better way freedom in him. And the more we just release those things and let God uh, take over, we're going to be delivered. Amen. We're going to be free. And it's so good to be free. Amen. You can see the freedom in when Oya was singing. She's free. She's not worried about, the, she's not worried about what's going to happen because she knows that the Lord is backing her up, going to take care of her. And the longer that you're in the Lord, you see he comes through and you wonder like, wow, Lord, you were there all the time and I didn't know it. Praise the Lord. The key is just talk to him. Talk to him about it. These are the egg people going out to make sure we have the eggs uh, scattered. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So that's the second reason. Jesus said that he came uh, to, um, uh, so, to, so that he could uh, release us from the bondages. Let's see this. Uh, in Luke 4, 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And that's, how, that's what delivers you. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Amen. 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 That's why he came. The third reason he came was to restore our relationships. This is good news to me. That, that God, in all of our sinning, and all of our running away from him, and all of our uh, sp uh, speaking the Lord's name in vain, all, of them, all the times we say we're not going to serve you, he says, oh, are you ready now? <laughs> if you're ready now, I'll come. And he forgets all the things that we did against him. All the times that we were doing the crazy things that... that uh, it was contrary to his nature. But not only does he come in, he brings us his nature, his life on the inside of us so that we don't even want to do those things anymore. Isn't that an amazing thing? Amen. Not only does he save us, he says, I'll come in and help you be saved. <laughs> I don't know if you know that that's a pretty good thing. Because we, can't, we, can't, we don't know how to be saved ourselves. We don't know how to live right. You ever try to willpower yourself into doing good? You ever try to not say something bad for a while? I'm not going to say anything bad, but that person really making me mad. 
<laughs> okay. I'm really, I, I, need to, I need to say something, okay? I just, need, I just can't hold it any longer. Okay. I have comic relief, and a lot of times I'm at work, and I think of something funny to say about somebody. <laughs> I really got to hold it. I really got to hold it. And the Lord said, I don't want you to say that. I really do want to say that. <laughs> and we battle. We battle. And then <laughs> it passes, praise the Lord. I wanted to go up to my friend and say, I really want to tell you something, but the Lord won't let me tell you it. <laughs> Is it okay if I tell you? No. <laughs> no, you have, to, you have to hold yourself. Amen? The Bible says that we were strangers in this world, that we had no hope and without God, but God in his goodness and his love came and he saved us. Praise his name. The fourth thing, the last thing is, well, here's, here's the, I'm sorry, go back to Romans 8.5. You like that picture, huh? Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba is translated Daddy. Daddy, Father. Daddy, God. When we can get that revelation that our Father, who is God supreme, also wants to be our Father. He wants to come and nurture us and talk to us and be with us. And no matter what situation we're going through, no matter how hopeless we feel, he wants to be a father to us. Amen? How many of you have fathers now that are good to you? Amen? Amen? Not all, but some do. Oya had a great father. Amen? So we have even a better father that's there to give us eternal life and that adopt us into the family. Um. Let me see this next scripture, next uh, thing. Okay. So those are the four reasons. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about, oh, let's see. The last one was, he came to give us eternal life and heaven. Oh, this is a great promise now. This is a great reward. Not only do we have help in this world, but then he takes us to the life after this life. And it's so glorious. It's so wonderful. There's perfectness there. There's gold. There's silver. There's uh, music. There's diamonds. You like diamonds? Diamonds? Yes. Rubies. I, I want to come to your house because I think you got it all planned out. <laughs> yeah, house of diamonds. Okay. Because <laughs> Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may come and I will receive you to myself. He said, it's not going to be just a cattle call. It's not going to be just like, okay, all you guys from West Covina, Covina area, come on down. No, it's I receive you to myself, a personal Jesus, amen, that welcomes you in. So heaven will be our home forever. You ever been on a trip and you want to get back home? You feel like, okay, the hotels, that's nice and everything, but I want to get to my couch and get to my place and, and be where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> So, and I look forward to it when I'm coming back home. Don't you look forward to it? So how much more should we be looking forward to coming back home to heaven where we really belong? Amen? We're strangers here. We're pilgrims. We're wanderers. This is not where we're supposed to be, but we're making the best of it while we're here. Now, here's the, here's the in, in closing, we have uh, emotions that are going to emit when we get to heaven. Emotions that you haven't felt right now. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can remember when I first met my wife, emotions came up that I hadn't experienced before with other girls. So this, this is different. This, am I, I'm supposed to be with her forever? 
for the rest of my life? Gee, that sounds kind of odd, but that's the feeling that I got. I wanted to be with her all the time. And then my son was born. Then different emotions started coming out. Like, oh, this is my son. I have to take care of him. I'm responsible for him. I have to teach him. I, I have to love him. He, he doesn't know me, but I know him. And I, I, emotions came up. Now, I understand there's other emotions when, when you have grandkids. <laughs> A whole different gambit of emotions, right? That's my boy. That's my girl. They're the best grandkids in the world, right? We just want to love them, take care of them. But guess what? When you get to heaven, now there's going to be a whole new brand spanking new emotions that are going to come up when you see the Lord face to face. See his glory, his presence, his wonder, that he's going to touch you in your heart so much that you're just going to, you're just going to cry because of just um, joy, pure joy. Amen. If you can imagine what it would be like, then we would have a new, a different kind of life down here. I'm going to ask Kelly to come and sing that song for us. I can only imagine. Okay.
Before we go, I just want to offer prayer to those of you that say, you know, I'm excited to go and meet Jesus. I'm excited to be there with him in heaven, but maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I'm not, I've got things in my life that I need to cast aside or ask, I need to ask for forgiveness. Or maybe I've never accepted the Lord before in my life ever. I've never made that confession of faith to say, Lord, I want you to be mine. Uh, I want you to be in my heart so that you can be a part of me and I can be a part of you. So with your eyes closed and your uh, heads bowed down. Let's just take this time to reflect in where you are with the Lord. This Easter time is a good time to circumspect your life, look at it, see if you're in the right place where he wants you to be. Is there some direction that he wants you to take? Even as I mentioned that there's addictions, there's things that hold us back that we want to just shed aside Thank you, Lord. I, I feel his presence here right now. Praise you, sweet Jesus. We want to see you, Lord. We know you're a pure God, a holy God, a righteous God, and you've provided righteousness to us by the blood of Jesus. And that we can apply that blood to our lives and be cleansed and pure so that we can walk with you and talk with you and be a part of your life. So if you're want prayer in that area, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you in your seats. Just raise your hand right now and say, I, I need prayer, Pastor Chuck. I need prayer too. I see that hand. I see those hands. I need prayer so that I can align myself with the perfect will of God, that I can be cleansed from all unrighteousness because Jesus said as we confess our sins that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I see those hands. Praise the Lord. Okay. Let me pray with you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I thank you that those that have raised their hand, acknowledging that they want to be in a more perfect will for them that you have planned for them. 
Lord, I just thank you that you, by your Spirit, help them to cast down any bondages, any hindrances, any weights that so easily beset us, that, Lord, we can be perfected in your will. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing flowing right now in Jesus' name, cleansing us. Just receive it, those that raise their hand. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just, re everybody repeat after me this, this little prayer. Say, Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. He died on the cross and paid the price for my sins. I receive him now into my heart to be Lord of my life, to forgive me of all of my sins. I also ask you, Lord, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me white as snow, blameless in your sight, holy and beloved, part of your family. I receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen.